KXNO Des Moines. Live from the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson Studios, you'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, with you here for the next couple of hours. Coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list today, uh, one guest in the first hour of the program, uh, the voice of the UNI Panthers, Gary Rima, will be here. We'll take a look at the Panthers as they prepare for uh, their lid lifter uh, Saturday at 11 o'clock uh, and Jack Trump. Stadium, so we'll get the latest from Gary Rima on the Panthers. They've settled their quarterback battle. They got a new basketball player. Trent uh, Bowen is going to play for uh, Coach Jacobson, so that's pretty cool. It is. Uh, so we'll do a little bit of that, I'm assuming, but more so on the football side of things. 11 o'clock, looking forward to uh, Blair Kirkhoff from the Kansas City Star, who we wish we had him more. I mean, I know yeah. he's awful busy down there, but he's such a good resource. Uh, Blair Kirkhoff will do some Chiefs, obviously. Some Big 12 stuff with Blair. He'll join us right at 11. And then Zubin Mahente uh, from ESPN Sports Center slides on in, in here at about 11.20. I'm assuming we'll do a little bit of baseball. Is How about those Cardinals? My God. Yes. Are they on a roll or what? They just crushed the Brewers yesterday. Well, and I, I wondered what you went to last night because that it was, was awful. all you were interested in, you said. Was. Yes. So was it Band of Brothers? Was it back to that for you last night? I know that's <laughs> no, usually where you jump. You know what? No, I didn't. I, I'm taping. Um, you know, I like to watch animals eat other animals. Yes, I, I do know this. Um, Maybe says something about your psyche. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. So I'm taping the show Serengeti on Sunday nights. Okay. And uh, so I, I, got, I got caught up on Serengeti. Um, it was yeah. a rough one last night. It we're, was awful, right? We're ready for some, well, we got baseball tonight. And Hard Knocks. And Hard Knocks hard tonight. Knocks Good tonight. call. Yep. Uh, this this um, this might be the best episode, the third episode of Hard Knocks. Maybe the best. I don't know. They're all yeah, good. They are. And I'm enjoying this Raiders, uh, this look at the Raiders. And it's crazy. I always come away after every season of Hard Knocks thinking the team that we just watched Chronicle for the mm-hmm. last month is going to be better uh, than they are. So, so we'll see. But they yeah. get that bump every year. And every year. You know what? There probably is a, a way to wager on that and make some money. There certainly is. Wagering story in just a second that came out from David Purdom here momentarily uh, as we uh, slide on uh, in, into that. But, yeah, the Cardinals are unreal. Uh, Rizzo, Cappy just had Rizzo on his show. Anthony Rizzo joined David Kaplan. We get Cappy tomorrow. Uh, Cappy got uh, Anthony Rizzo today. He's As of right now, Rizzo said he will not be in the lineup tonight. Okay. Didn't play Sunday. Left, uh, I think, in the sixth inning in the midway through Saturday's game anyways. Didn't play on uh, Sunday. Ian Happ was certainly a liability at first base. He made a couple of really good plays there, uh, but he's not Rizzo in the batter's box, clearly. But uh, Rizzo is, uh, according to him, he doesn't think he's going to be able to answer the bell tonight, but he said he's going to you know, get to the ballpark, and the, ball, uh, the ballpark would be City Field uh, in New York as they take on the Mets. By the way, have you seen the three-headed monster that the Cubs will be asked to stop this slide uh, when they um, for them on the bump or against no, for the uh, for the Mets? Well, it's Stroman tonight. It is Stroman tonight. Do you know who it is tomorrow? Uh, and it gets worse on Thursday, by the way. Thor. 
Thor tomorrow. Syndergaard tomorrow. Then DeGrom. Then DeGrom. Good, Good luck. luck. Now, Strowman hasn't been great since he's come over no, he from hasn't. Toronto. Uh, so maybe you get him tonight, but but uh, Noah Syndergaard on Wednesday and then Jacob DeGrom on Thursday. It is not going to be because And look at the Mets. They're playing for something. No, absolutely. They're right in this wild card hunt. Well, and one of the teams they're trying to chase right here it's is the, the one Cubs. in their ballpark tonight. This is exactly what the Mets wanted. Yep. And if you would have said this two months ago. I know, right? That this would be so important for the wild card standings. What are you talking I, about? I didn't think Mickey Calloway was going to see uh, Memorial Day. No. I really didn't. I they had a lot of injuries no early. Mm-hmm. A lot of injuries, and they, they kept with them. The bullpen has improved, and of course the moves that they made. But even at that point, it was, what are they doing? They are so far behind it. So many teams, more importantly, that they had to jump to get back in the wild card race. The but key, yep. they did exactly what you have to do. It's not taking two or three against the Marlins. You sweep the Marlins. Not taking three or four against the bad teams, but sweeping teams. They had that run where they went, what, 16-2, and two, whatever mm-hmm. it was. Got right back in the race, and here they are. And a Cubs team that is reeling right now. No Rizzo tonight. It's you, Darvish, who's been good uh-huh. on the bump. Hendricks you feel like tomorrow and then Lester on Thursday. It's set up how you pretty much want it from the Cubs' perspective. But how? Could, where's John Lester at right he, now? He stinks, Trent. Yeah, he, he stinks. He's been he's been really bad. His last uh, three games. Uh, you know, I'm going to go back his last four games. Four, uh, four and a third uh, gave up uh, six earned runs in his most recent start. Now, he was good in Pittsburgh. Pitched six innings, didn't give up an earned run. Prior to that, against at Cincinnati, five innings, gave up three earned runs. Here's the stinker. When they were in Oakland, uh, four, run, uh, four innings rather gave up nine, uh, gave up uh, uh, ten runs, nine of which were earned. Started mm. before that, gave up five runs. The ERA is uh, 4.49. It is not good for the ace of this staff. John Lester needs to be better, and when they see him on Thursday, he'll be going up against Jacob DeGrom. Have fun. Got to get this one tonight. Have to. Have and, to. And, and if you win this and series. And you know what? Hendricks has been good. He has been. So I don't want to just, you know, yep. I mean, that, that'll that be that'll be fun tomorrow night. If you take two out of three here, you extend that lead mm-hmm. against the Mets. Phillies are still behind you. You're Just let me throw this one out there. Cardinals have won 14 of 17. 14 of 17 14 now? 14 of 17. How? I, I don't I, know. I look at this team. I watched I watch them last night. Wainwright stinks. Yes. But he was good last night. If he threw a lot of pitches, only got through what? I don't think he saw the fourth. He, well, he pitched into the fourth, but didn't yeah. make it through the fourth. And he had a huge lead to play uh-huh, with. And he, right. he could just throw strikes, and he couldn't throw yeah, strikes. Couldn't. This team, outside of the bullpen, which I do like their bullpen, uh-huh. they're just. They, they, they look I'm like there should be a team that's five games under no, 500. They do, yes. Not a team that's three games in front of the division. Are they three or three and a half? Three, right? They are now three. Yes. yes. Three up after the win last night. They're 14 games over 500, and Crazy. I don't know how, after the trade deadline, we were both in here. What mm-hmm. are they doing? They didn't do a thing. Don't do anything with this squad. They need help. And then, remember, they struggled right after the they trade did. deadline. They came out, and they just looked lethargic. And, you know, the players and the management thing are looking at the execs thing, you know, thanks for nothing. Because literally, that's what they did. Nothing. But, man, oh, man. Maybe it's Molina. You know, yeah, since he's come back into call. the lineup. Yes. You know, their leader. Mm-hmm. Um, heart and soul of that ball club, and um, Bader's been ba- up and down, and he's been really good since he's got the call back up again. I don't know, Trent. These, I don't know how the Cardinals are doing it, but here they are. Goldschmidt has been as advertised yes. after a slow start. Yep. Up the middle, they have finally figured that up with DeYoung mm-hmm. and Wong, who are, I mean, that one-two combo incredible. is incredibly good. Yep. Over there. Azuna's been fantastic. Absolutely. This is but his he's walk here, right? Is it? I think it is. He's gonna get a. He's gonna get some cash. Yeah, that's for sure. He's gonna get some big, big money. Mm-hmm. I I don't know how. You look at the rotation; it stinks. 
But Bullpen here they is are. good, to your point. Bullpen is good. And when you get to playoff baseball, how different it changes. Yeah. Wainwright, hey, go out and get us three and two-thirds. Yeah. We'll be all right. Right. You get us three and two-thirds of good baseball, we can find a way and to cobble together. preferably do it at home because he's so much better yes. at home than he has been on the road. Trent, the Brewers need this. Brewers yeah. are circling the drain. They are in their home ballpark. And by the way, that and maybe it was an early start. It was, yeah. Yeah, I know it was. But maybe the reason that there was – the ballpark was – I mean that's not that's not typical for Miller Park. No, there, there with the was, Cardinals in town. With the Cardinals in town, absolutely. I was uh, very disappointed in uh, you know the number of Brewer fans. Maybe they know something we don't. Gio Gonzalez, give him credit. I mean he took one for the team. <laughs> yes, he did. He threw a lot of pitches and hung in there, and um, certainly didn't do his uh, ERA any favors, but. Um, you know, Council got as much out of him as he possibly could. I flipped back over during the fifth, and what is he still doing? I was surprised, too. It was about the time I came back. And it was, well, just get as much mm-hmm. as you can. Now, what it, did you watch? What who, who did what, what feed did you watch? Uh, Milwaukee. I did, too. Yes. I yeah. didn't even know. Was ESPN blacked out? I don't know. I didn't even flip I over there. I never tried either. Same way. So, no. flipped over in that direction. and 669 yeah. for me. Yeah. And... It, Good, good broadcasting. Even when Brian Anderson isn't there, I still enjoy that mm-hmm. team and uh, the other guys that fill in for him. It, it's a good group, but yep. baseball, we are coming now to the days where baseball matters on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. <laughs> right. Because starting Thursday, I know. college football will be here. Of course, the big weekend, and then followed up with the NFL after that. Yeah, no, a week from, uh, week from, what's the day? Tuesday? So a week from uh, Thursday. Uh, the curtain goes up with the Bears hosting the Packers, and that's the way it should be, is they celebrate 100 years, right? Yes. 150 in college, 100 in the NFL uh, this year. So, yeah, that's, well, look, we're all pumped up for this. It's football season after all. What are these two knuckleheads doing <laughs> talking baseball? But you know what I want to do before we get to bat football? Just real quick, because okay. I know you love basketball. Yes. I, and um, I, I don't recall ever being as excited about a Hawkeye non-conference schedule because, honestly, other than when they played Iowa State, how could you be mm-hmm. in the McCaffrey era? Sure. I mean, it's been putrid. I know you and Tom Caker go back and forth. Um, <laughs> not anymore. Not, after last year, after was, the move to 20 games right. of the conference for the Big Ten. And the Big Ten December games are Michigan-Minnesota. Yes. And there's a couple of Friday nights in January. Michigan pays a visit on one of the Fridays. Maryland is the other, I want to say, correct? Yes. And remember last year, Trent, those were popular. They're they were. both sold out. Good numbers that we saw yep. TV-wise. Mm-hmm. The fans came out for them. It set up incredibly well for them, no doubt. This schedule, though, Oof. with this team. Oof. Now, if Bohannon was healthy, Different Tyler story. Cook was there. Different story. We'd be talking much differently. This is the way that you'd want to build a schedule uh-huh. with that kind of team. That's not what this team is going no. to be. no. They could, this could be ugly. And I think because of the schedule, I think our expectation, we talk, you know, can they be at least an NIT team? Yeah. I think that's a stretch just because this schedule is that difficult. Mm-hmm. To get to even above 500 and be an, an NIT team. No chance of flirting with the big dance. I don't see it. I, I, I don't, don't see either. it unless all of a sudden some of these young guys come in and they're ready to go from yeah, the get go. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I can't buy this team even being a bubblish team. We're talking in the middle of February. You know, if they win here three out of four, da, 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 
I can't envision that. Well, let's go to Shelby Mash. Shelby, give us your take on. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm with you. You know, you, you've been wanting, or at least I've been wanting. I, I believe I speak for you. This is the type of schedule that we've been clamoring for, right? Yes. Finally, get it. And sadly, they're not going to have the team. I don't think that's going to be able to take advantage of the schedule. We shall see. Cincinnati's on there. Of course, mm-hmm. we go back to last year with them. Um, it's it's. December is more about the Cyhawk game for for once. It's it's yeah. more than that. Uh, that's going to be terrific as always. But it's just more than you know that one game schedule. Friday night at Michigan. Uh, a couple of days later, the Monday night up against Monday night football. That's odd, uh, but that's the case. Minnesota and I will play on December the ninth, which is a Monday night. I'm not certain what the Monday nighter is on that particular night. This stretch starting in Vegas with Texas Tech, who right? We're inches away from an. National title year down ago. nets, yes. Then either Creighton or San Diego State. Uh-huh. Then you go to Syracuse to the Carrier Dome. Good luck. To take on the Orange, who are going to be good mm-hmm. at Michigan, as you mentioned. Home for Minnesota. Have they won a Big Ten game in in December yet? They're zero and four. That's what I thought. Zero and four. Iowa State on the road in Hilton. Yeah. The Cincinnati game in Cincinnati is going to be loaded this year. Mm-hmm. That's a neutral site, right? Chicago? That's in Chicago. Yeah. And then for the one break, and then they start Big Ten play game again. And this is my favorite part of this whole schedule. As great as the non-conference is, Cyhawk game, it'll be revved up. We'll be excited. They're going to the Palestra to take on Penn State. That is tremendous. Now, tell me, how do you think that this came together? I would guess, well, Penn State, I'm sure, has probably had that out there. You know, trying to build that Philly market. They've recruited Philadelphia So would Philadelphia they have reached well. out to McCaffrey or to Iowa, do you think, in advance? Of, here's what we're thinking. I'm going to guess Chambers and McCaffrey when I they've would, talked before. I, yeah, yeah. This hey, I know you're a Philly guy. Right. We've always wanted to play a, a Big Ten game, maybe in the Palestra. Mm-hmm. Would you guys be willing to do mm-hmm. that? Fran says, of course, as long as it's one of your home games and not one of our home games, we'll absolutely do that. I have said, a decade ago when Fran was hired, you know college basketball is my favorite sport. Yep. The Palestra, the stories, talking to people Bucket throughout the years, you. it is way up there. And I figured there'd be a time that they'd take on Penn or Temple or somebody mm-hmm. in the Palestra just because of his connections to Philadelphia. Well, here it is, a Big Ten game, right at the beginning of January. Can I get to Philly? Just, can I get to Philly for this one? Can, what? I, can I go back a week from tomorrow for you? Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you got another mouth to feed, dude. I do. I do. I do. <laughs> Things are changing. Yes, absolutely. But uh, yeah, the answer is sure. The uh, KXNO goes to the Palestra, presented by... Yeah, there you go. If you can find that, that'll make it a little easier to sell downstairs. With it, that's right? what we need to do. All right. I, I, well, as soon as we get through here, is these first couple weeks... Is that Wild Card Weekend, too? I think it's Wild Card Weekend. Is that? Yeah, yeah the, sure it is. The Saturday Wild Card, but uh, anyways. Yes. Yeah, going to be uh, gonna Really be cool. It really is. And, um, you know, when the schedule came out, I think it came out after I got off the air on Friday. You were off. Okay. Which is probably good that, you know, it happened that way, because I know you love it. Right? Yes, yes. Um, and we would have had to have this conversation twice. <laughs> and now we just have it once. We did. Uh, I think the only thing I threw out, because it came out right, maybe after Claxons, actually. Okay. I saw the two Friday night games Mm -hmm. in the Big Ten and knew what they meant to uh, Carver last year. They were really well, they went over well, and Mm -hmm. I anticipate this will be the same thing this year. January the 10th is a Friday night. They'll host Maryland. A week later, Michigan comes to town. So uh, those will be good, to say the least. All right, a couple of things. So, Iowa's depth chart came out yesterday, and you and I went over this before the show today because there was one, I mean, there's a couple of movements on the depth chart, right? Two guys in particular, but one I want to ask you about because okay. we know that the tight ends moved on, right? Yeah. Noah Fant lives in Denver now, and uh, Hawkinson gets his mail in Detroit. 
Um, and throughout the spring, throughout as we're trying to replace these guys, Sean Byer was a guy that was getting a lot of love, a Absolutely. lot of attention. The first, the next ball that he catches will be his first. Right, but still, there was a lot of people that thought, you know, I'm excited to watch this guy play. He is a freak athletically. That's the deal. I remember him at Cedar Rapids Kennedy, and they made a run all the way to the championship, something that you don't see very often from Cedar Rapids Kennedy. It's normally over there, Bettendorf or Iowa so City West. So he stuck out to you. Or Cedar Rapids, Washington, and he was the main cog of that mm-hmm. one. A six foot four elite-level athlete that was going to build into a tight end, and he's built. His body is mm-hmm. big enough now to play that position. You know, he's been targeted. Even going back to his freshman year, they've gone to him in the end zone because he is that kind of athlete that you just go up and, hey, we're going to throw you a jump ball, go up and get it. But he hasn't caught a ball yet. Right. And, and now, now he's been passed on the depth chart by Drew Cook. So yeah. is that necessarily a bad thing? Because Cook's been in the program a whole long time. Mm-hmm. Obviously got some tight end pedigree there, to say the very least. Um, what do you think? What do you make of this? Or is there an injury we don't know about? That very well we could be the case. I guess we put that in the equation, too, I, right? I mean, that kind of goes to our conversation yesterday with, with the Paulson twins and seeing Van Wert, who seemed uh-huh. like he was solid at one of the guard spots, and listed he was as in an a boot. or. Right. And, and with Levi listed at the top spot as a starter uh, from the Landon, uh, from the Paulson twins. But Cook, hearing some people that saw him, you know, at Kids Day, he looks like a tight end now. That wasn't the case early on. He was trying to figure it out. He was a quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, going back to his freshman year at Regina, he was a quarterback and trying to figure out that position. Weeding, I think they know what they have there. Weeding is the inline guy, yep. not going to wow you with athleticism. He's going to block. He'll go out there. He'll post people up. You know, Krieger Koble, that kind of guy. Right. That is, he'll catch those six-yard hitch routes. He'll he'll box a linebacker out and grab a ball for four yards and a first down on third and two. That's the kind of player that he is. What kind of athlete is Cook? That's what I wonder. Is is he a guy that can go up the seam? And he's not going to be Fant or Hawkins, and he's not going to be that. No. But can he go up there and get that 18-yarder up the seam and split the safeties and make those kind of plays? Is he that kind of athlete? Because I still think Bayer is that kind of athlete that can at least do that. Well, we uh, just, I just wonder if there's something there. Yeah. I do. Meanwhile, Iowa State's depth chart came out for uh, for the UNI game, and we just got it prior to us going on the. I took a quick look at it, Trent. I don't see much difference from the one that no. came out in fall camp, uh, and all the oars are still there, which is <laughs> at the know, running back spot. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's disappointing. I mean, I mean, maybe maybe he just. I mean, it's you and I. Does it does it really matter if you let? Uh, Farling and company know that Johnny Lang is the guy, right. or that Brees Hall is the guy. It's it's exactly the same. Looking at this quickly, I don't see anything that's different, Trent. Do you? Well, Joe Skates, Skates has moved up behind Milton, maybe? Is yes, that it? and he was an or, a guy that came in with a ton of pedigree. Uh-huh. This is without some of the academic hurdles that he had. He probably would have mm-hmm. been at Ohio State. You know what? I do notice something. The other, the, the Z-wide receiver, yes. they flipped everything around. Sean Shaw was on top of the depth chart, uh-huh. and this is an alphabetical Petway is now on top. Now, there is an or still, mm-hmm. but Darren Wilson, who's got a lot of buzz in this yes, training camp, and Sean Shaw, who was at the top, has now moved behind Petway and Wilson. What do you read into that? I mean, we'll have to, Alex Halstead, we get tomorrow. They get Campbell today, so it'll be timely, but we'll have to wait a day for you know to get his take. What, did you read anything into it? I think more than anything, it was Petway. Petway came here to be a starter. Yeah, absolutely. You're not going to guarantee him a job or anything like that. Right. But he came in. They When they put out the press, uh, the, the depth chart, though, in July, he was third. media day, it was, let's see a little bit more of what we have. He's been going through, but until we get him in the actual mm-hmm. practice environment, let's make sure about this one. They did, and they said, 
All right, now we got our guy. Right. Now, now, but he's yet at they the still top. put an oar there. They I mean, did. They still yeah. got the oar, but they've moved the. They've the, there's been a little movement as far as the positioning on it. So Petway goes from three to one. I think Wilson stays at two, and Shaw, who was listed mm-hmm. on top of it, now he had an oar two, has moved down to three. And this is not an alphabetical order. Uh, skates behind Milton. Uh, no change with Deshante Jones and Acres. Offensive line stays the same. Defensively, I couldn't see anything that nope. uh, that has changed. Um, Azuna was behind Eisworth. Azuna was, uh, yeah, I don't see anything on the. We got the oars at the strong safety position. Braxton Lewis as the top spot. Still haven't made that call with Bickham, have they? Yeah, Bickham is is listed in the second mm-hmm. spot. The Rice transfer. Now, was there an oar between him and Spears? I don't recall that. I don't remember. Maybe there was, but I don't recall it. So Spears is is making a push at the very least uh-huh. here. Redshirt, redshirt freshman. freshman. Guy that want to learn a little bit more. You know, some of these redshirt freshmen, we've talked about Will McDonald, and I think the big precipice for that and kind of the direction is when uh, Bruce Feldman came out at the Athletic with his freaks list. Yes. And he had McDonald listed there, a guy that we just saw. But he didn't play over the four games last year, so he maintained his redshirt status and then moves from defensive line to linebacker. It's still, it's difficult to wrap your mind around this happening in college football. A guy going from the defensive line to linebacker, and it's not... A shift in schemes. You're not going from a 4-3 to a 3-4 or anything mm-hmm. like that. You just don't see people do that, yet here he is. And and there's been a lot of buzz about his backup, another redshirt freshman, Pulvermacher. Yeah. Well, we, that's the name, right? Pulvermacher's got to play. It's a great football name, but it sounds like he has been playing incredibly well, yeah. too. I mean, who knows? If McDonald's is what many people expect him to be, there's not going to be a whole lot of snaps for him defensively, mm-hmm. but apparently there's going to be in the beginning because they're they don't I don't think I get the sense, and I get the sense a lot through you know listening to people that have been and, and seen them that maybe they're just they're going to keep the training wheels on McDonald for a while. Yeah, that they're just not a hundred percent confident. He gets caught out of position a little bit. He's still learning the position. Absolutely. I mean, you go from your hand down and. All right, set the edge mm-hmm. or pin your ears back and go to the quarterback. And, right. and there's a lot more nuance, obviously, to defensive line. But linebacker is a completely different game. And especially the scheme that Iowa State plays with that three three five stack and just the responsibilities that are there, keeping people in front of you, who to let go when you're in zone, those types of things, completely different than what you have to do at the defensive line. Makes sense there. Pulverbacher, Mocker. Got to play. He's played linebacker. He's got he, he knows the position. Look, if his last name's Miller or Green or Jones, <laughs> Pulvermacher, that's a linebacker. That's a defensive football player name. All right, the sports story, the gambling story that we teased at the beginning. Yeah. David Purdom, who is ESPN's – he's not Darren Ravel. Ravel does entirely different stuff. Ravel does, you know, food testing, that type of stuff. Sure. David Purdom is kind of, he's hardcore gambling. Hardcore, right? He's their gambling reporter. He's their gambling reporter. He tweeted the following out. The sports book at America's, Ameristar Council Bluffs already has $100,000 worth of liability on the Huskers to win the national title. <laughs> Sportsbook's been open a week. Now, Jay Clark, who follows me on Twitter, I'm sure he does you too, he had a great response. Some might call that a liability. Most would call that easy money for a Maristar. He's absolutely right. But here's what, when you were gone last week, I had Sipel on Thursday, and I asked him, you know, Sip, um, I know you're in Lincoln. It's not Omaha. But is there buzz in Lincoln amongst, you know, your listeners, your readers, um, 
to make their way over to Iowa and open up that account. No, he really didn't know much about it. Has he's kind of like Belichick, not knowing that Andrew Luck retired. Did uh-huh. you hear that yeah, yeah. by yesterday? But Sip didn't think that. No, not really. I was surprised by that Sip because I got to think Omaha residents are gonna the bridge is going to be bumper to bumper. Right. Got to get your wager in. You got to right. lay the thirty six and a half against South Alabama week <laughs> and one. And to do so, if you're a Nebraska resident, you can open up an account, but you can't bet until you cross state lines again. $100,000 worth. Where do you think that money came from? Iowa residents or Nebraska residents? I'm going to guess it's not a whole lot of Hawkeye and Cyclone fans over there putting money down for Nebraska to win the guess. national championship. wonder what those numbers, how much they moved at Ameristar too. I don't know. It might be worth a phone call yeah. over there to see. By the way, did you? Um, I, I saw on uh, our favorite website, Hawkeye Lounge, Yes, somebody posted that the casino at Rivers, is it, uh, what's the one, at Riverside? Who, I don't know, wherever they partner with, here, you can get the over-under total on Iowa. It's seven and a half. Yes. But if you move east, mm-hmm. you have to, it's eight. And what did I tell you way back when yeah, this all came? Absolutely. Open up accounts in different Everywhere. places. Shop You're around. going to get different numbers. Yes. I also saw my home, uh, my old stomping grounds up in North Iowa, Diamond Joe, right as you're getting ready to cross yep. the border into Minnesota. They're going to be partnering with FanDuel. Now, are they open or do you know? Within the next week. Okay, so I know they're when I, going to make NFL season. Yes, that was their target date. Every, gotcha. what I, people I talked to up there, that's what they were hoping for. Be ready. Mm-hmm. They're going to have a slew of people crossing the border from Minnesota, yes. especially for NFL. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you know Minnesota. It is a professional sports market. That is what is important. The Gophers mm-hmm. don't matter. They just don't. Well, they got all four. They got all four sports leagues. Right. That's what it is. The, the Vikings and hockey moves the needle. Up yes. There. The comparison between the Vikings and, and that's major cities in general. You look yeah. at Pittsburgh with the Steelers versus right. the Panthers, the Gophers here, and the Vikings. There is that big split. But there's going to be people that are going to be making their it's way Chicago. down. <laughs> hey, you know what? You hop in the car and to get to Northwood. From Minneapolis, depending on what part of the city, you can be there two hours, yeah, maybe a little bit under. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of people mm-hmm. there on football Sundays, no, watching the really Vikings, fi- firing at the Vikings, and it'll be a pretty fun environment. Next time I'm home, definitely going to be stopping and open my account there. Yeah, Albert Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what's the other city? Uh, Austin. Yeah, Rochester. A, Rochester's the one I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Uh, likewise, the uh, casino, the Wild Rose property in Clinton, I would think yes. will do a lot of business with some Illinois folks, maybe some Wisconsin, mm-hmm. right? Is Wisconsin, would Clinton be No, the, that'd be Dubuque. Dubuque would yep. be closer. Uh, apologies for um, my, my lack of <laughs> your Canadian showing. My Canadian showing when it comes to uh, Northeast Iowa. All right, we'll take a time out. We'll get uh, Gary Ryman in here. We'll pick his brain on the Panthers. Does your app have the line Iowa State? Not you and I? yet. It doesn't, huh? Because I did see that it's eighteen and a half offshore. Is that where it is? Still? Pretty much every year, though, when we get to the FBS versus FCS games, mm-hmm. they usually come out. Earliest Thursday, usually Friday, though, the Vegas ones that put them out. Now they can come out here. We'll see. I wonder if, uh, since it's an in-state game, if you want to put it out there a little uh, bit earlier. uh If they will put that up. Anyways, Gary Ryman joins the program next in the 11 o'clock hour. Blair Kirkhoff will be here. So will Zubin Mahente. Miller and Condon are with you until noon. Uh, It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Just past 1030. We're here till noon. 
Blair Kirkhoff, Kansas City Star at 11. Zubin Mahente, ESPN Sports Center at 11.20. As promised, time to talk some UNI Panthers. And our buddy Gary Ryma joins the program. Gary, Trent and Ken, good to reconnect with you. How are you? It is football season, guys. It's great to be back on with you guys. Uh, this, uh, kind of a long layoff from uh, a year ago, but, man, I'm, I'm ready for some football, guys, and I hope Panther Nation is, too. Uh, I think we've got a good ball club again this year, and as usual, extremely tough schedule, but uh, looking forward to this, this 2019 season, guys. Yeah, not going to be easy for the young quarterback, Gary. You broke the news uh, last week sometime that it is going to be the uh, the Des Moines Lincoln product. Uh, McIlwain gets the uh, gets the opportunity to show what he's made of and do so in front of a packed Jack Trice Stadium. Not the best place to make your debut, but look, you got to do it somewhere. Uh, you have a lot of family and friends in the stadium, I'm assuming. But what kind of quarterback will we see here uh, when they take the field at 11 o'clock on Saturday morning? Well, if, if if he can perform, and I know it'll be because Iowa State's got a, a great defense, Ken, and they're they're going to come after the the rookie, the freshman quarterback. But um, if he can do some of the things I've seen him do at practice and at, at some of the scrimmages, I think fans will be be uh, be thrilled to see this young guy play. Kind of pleasantly surprised, maybe he's not the biggest of guys. They list him at five eleven. I'd say he's probably more like five ten, but. He's he's he can extend plays. He's very mobile, and he's got an extremely strong arm, and he's accurate. I just uh, it, Coach Farley says he reminds him a lot of of Mike Smith, the quarterback that that ran the Panther offense back in the mid '80s when when Coach Farley was an All American linebacker, and Mike was about about five ten, but man, he was tough. He could he could scramble and, and extend plays and run when he had to, and that that's I think the thing that Coach Farley really liked about Will is his ability that when the pockets caving in, when the pressure's on, he still had a way. He had that escape ability, if you will, to to be mobile and move. And then he's not a guy that just tucks and runs when when everything's uh, going wrong with the pocket. He continues to look downfield, looks for receivers, runs when he has to. And again, a strong arm, an accurate arm, and and he's got he's got that that swagger, kind of that savvy about him, that confidence that you like to see in your quarterback. And Coach Farley talked about it on my radio show when he announced that Will would be the starter. He said that a year ago he he was a true freshman and he was listed as the number three quarterback. But he he said if something would have happened to Eli Dunn, he thinks he would have went to Will a year ago. Just he just impress the staff so much so looking forward to seeing what he what he does when you know when it's live action when you got an opponent like a, a, a top 25 ranked fbs team coming at you but he's, he's a good looking young quarterback we'll see what happens on saturday in his debut if it does go wrong and, and things start to struggle i know it was a tight race to be listed here as the starter how quick of a hook would you expect if if the offense can't get going on saturday not that, not that quick, TC. I, I really think, I, I think with what the coaches saw in spring ball, what they saw this fall, I, I think they decided Will's the guy, and they're not going to, you know, you pull him too early. Is that going to, you know, what's that going to do with confidence? And and I don't think they want him to feel like there's this pressure that man, if you, if you make a mistake or two, we're, you know, we're gonna we're gonna pull out the hook and and bring in Jacob Keller. Now, 
I think they do feel confident that if something would happen to Will, and I've been doing you and I football, this will be my 26th year, and there has been very few years we've got through a season where the guy that started the season played every snap and every down and every game, and with this being a 12-game season, uh, possible playoff season again for you and I football, you've got to have that second guy. And I think there'll be there'll be times during this season I think Keller's going to get his shot, but I don't think it's going to be uh, in game one if Will is struggling where they pull him and 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 say, all right, let's let's try let's try Jacob. But if if they have to go to Keller. I think there's some confidence that that he can do some really solid things too. What's the strength of this football team, Gary? You know what? Right now, I would say it's the offense. If Will McIlvain can direct the offense and execute it the the way I've seen in practice, I I think the weapons around him offensively, the skilled positions are really good. Really good at wide receiver with, with deep talent there, speed and size. Uh, our tight end, Briley Moore, is thought to be one of the top two tight ends in all of FCS football. Uh, we've got a veteran offensive line, and I'm, I know we lost a couple of guys up front, but this is a really good, big, strong-looking offensive line. So um, you know, I, I, I'm not going to put a bunch of pressure on a redshirt freshman quarterback in game one against a top 25-ranked team, but he's got a really good supporting cast around him. And, and I, I just think going into this season opener, a lot of times that you feel your defense is a little ahead of your offense going into a season opening game for various reasons. I, I think this year, from what I've seen, it looks like the offense is, is the strength right out of the gate. I think it's in the passing game. I, I think Trevor Allen's going to be a really good running back this year. There's a couple of solid guys backing him up in Tyler Hoosman and and a true freshman in Nick McCabe that the coaching staff really likes, a kid that went to the University of Minnesota this summer, was a preferred walk-on, for whatever reason didn't stay, comes to UNI, and he's looked great. Alfonso Soko is back practicing now after missing a couple of weeks of, of fall camp, the sophomore running back. So I, I, think, I think we've got some guys that can do some damage on the ground, but I think through the air this team has a chance to be, to be pretty special and, and when you play over half of your games indoors, six home games in the Uni Dome will play indoors up at the Fargo Dome. Having a solid spread the field, throw it downfield, throw it vertical, I think you got a chance to, to do some really good things. The offense with a new coordinator this year, Ryan Mahaffey, who is a former Panther himself, making his way back home in his first year as the offensive coordinator. What wrinkles do you expect? What differences are the Panthers going to look like offensively this year? You know, I, I think to just the average fan, TC, they'll think we probably look a lot like we've looked in, in recent years, but, but there's going to be some different wrinkles. There's going to be some different things that he's doing, that he's brought to the offense that, that I'm really excited about to see how they, how they do work out on game day. And, and you know, I, I think if you're talking about maybe a, just a, a mild concern going into this season – it is the fact that this, you know new offensive coordinator love Ryan Mahaffey. I mean, what he brings to this program and this team to see him work with the offense guys really, really impressive. A, a former Panther, a former NFL player, a guy that's coached in some some really good spots, and now he's back uh, on this staff as as the OC. But uh, he, he's going to be calling plays for the first time ever in his career. He's talked about that. Said, so, you know, I've 
I, I, I've never been the offensive coordinator where I'm calling the offense and directing it. So that's something to keep an eye on. You've also got you got a new uh, wide receivers coach in Isaac Frickty, uh, a guy that had a stint with the Minnesota Vikings that, that I really like, new quarterback coach in Justin Roper. So you've got a, a pretty new offensive staff. So with a, with a redshirt freshman quarterback, a new offensive coordinator, a couple of other new guys on the offensive side, that's something to keep an eye on in game one on how that all comes together. But so far, so good from what the scrimmages, the practices, that group of coaches is really together and, and they're doing some different things. I, I really, you know, I'm not at liberty to, to throw a bunch of things out there, but just watch what this offense does this year and, Fans that have followed you and I football closely, see if you don't pick up some of the kind of the the new things, the the, the things that they're doing differently on that side of the football. Hmm. Gary Rhyme is the voice of the UNI Panthers. We'll get the bone born in a second. Uh, just uh, on, on Coach Farley, Gary, do, do you get the sense that you know that there's um, not fatigue, but does is his seat getting a little warm? Do you think? You know, there's always that group of fans, Ken, that, that you know, they, if things aren't going well and we start two and three, you know, it's you see the the complaints and, and people saying, ah, it's time for this or that. But, I, but I'm telling you what, his energy, his, his work ethic, what he does at UNI football, I just, I, I don't know, I don't know who you're going to get any better. I, I just, I mean, the guy works his tail off. He, he, he's, he's a dyed-in-the-wool panther. And just, I think some people thought, well, when his when his youngest son got done playing, maybe he'd feel like, you know, it's it's time to you know do something different. Hit, I haven't seen that at all. His energy and fire for this group of guys is at an all time level. I think he's excited as ever. Um, if this program really struggles and and for some reason, you know, it's a four and eighteen, yeah, people are going to be talking, and there'll be a group of that fan base that'll that'll be complaining because let's face it, coach Farley is, has built that monster where every year Panther nation feels like we should be in the FCS playoffs and, and right near the top of the Missouri Valley football conference, which is toughest FCS conference in the nation. So, um, and, and he's always playing the top two or three or four top five, anyway, toughest schedule in all of FCS football. So yeah, I, I, I think coach Farley's here, as long as he wants to be here, um, the day will come. I think we're we're on his terms. He may say, "Hey, you know, I'm, I'm I've had enough. I'm done." But I, I hope they let him continue to coach as long as he wants to, because he's he's taking this program to unprecedented heights. Yeah, we we all wish we had a couple national championships under our belt by now. But uh, he's 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 really good. And when you look at what he's done in his 19th year now, it's it is pretty special. So, but. You're always going to have that group of fan base, though, that if, if there's a struggle in the season, they're going to point right to the head guy, and, and Coach Farley's used to that by now. Gary, let's jump over to a little basketball before we run out of time. The big news here, certainly on our local front in central Iowa, Bowen Bourne makes his commitment to the Panthers. Drake was heavily involved. I know somebody in-state that a lot of people had their eyes on. Prolific score. What you know about Bourne Bourne, and certainly seems like a big in-state battle, and there's going to be more of those going forward between Drake and you and I. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, the, the one thing I know is that Coach Jacobson and his staff was on Bowen early. Love that young guy, and and you know that just just like 
A.J. Green, what he brings to UNI Panther basketball. They, they see, I think, some similar things in Bowen Bourne, just being a, a highly intelligent player, a, a scorer, a great ball handler, um, you know, just uh, uh, one of those basketball junkies that lives in the gym. And I tell you what, when you add that young man to this team a year from now with some of the other great talent that, that Coach Jacobson's brought in, I know they're really excited to have him coming in. I just uh, – he, he, he's one of the top basketball players in the state of Iowa and for, for the, the Panthers to get him uh, out of that 2020 class, it, it's pretty special. And knowing that, you know, Darren DeVries and, and from Drake was on him and Indiana State, Greg Lansing, he wanted him. And I know Iowa took some looks. Just a, a testament to the quality of player that Bowen Bourne is. And it's kind of interesting. I've got I've got kind of a, a, a in-the-past connection with Bowen. His mom, Vicki Kling Bourne, uh, knew that family really well. In fact, back in the day when I was refereeing some high school basketball, I refereed some of Bowen Bourne's mother, Vicki Kling's <laughs> games at West Central. So I'm kind of anxious to catch up with, with the Kling family and, and see some of them, too, when, when Bowen comes on campus next year. Hmm. Somebody asked me, are you related to Dennis Rima? That is my younger brother. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I'd say yeah. you're related. Uh, last thing, uh, you know, back to back to football in the valley. North Dakota State, look, they got a new coach, but is it business as usual for the Bison? You know what? It, it looks like it will be, but guys, I, it just uh, we were talking about it on my show yesterday with the FCS expert, and he said, you know, it's it's one of those years where. North Dakota State, maybe maybe they're a nine and three team, and I'm, I said, well, for them that'll be that'll be a down year, that'll be a step back. But they, it looks like they're just going to reload, and it's interesting that they're going with the redshirt freshman quarterback instead of the transfer from Iowa State, Zeb Nolan. They, they feel like Trey Lance gives them their best chance at quarterback. They lost some, they lost a lot of guys. I, I know they returned some solid players, but. Guys, I, I, and I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's wishful thinking, but I, I think this is a year that they drop off a little bit. I think they get they they get a couple of uh, bumps in the road, and and I'm hoping the Panthers can be one of those. And we have to go to their place in Fargo, as tough as that'll be. But South Dakota State looks really, really good. I think Illinois State's going to make some noise. Um, the, the, the Bison are playing a bit tougher non-conference schedule with playing UC Davis. That's not an easy game. So we'll see what happens. They're, they're, they're definitely still the team to beat, but I'm not going to be surprised if, if, uh, if they're a team that, that doesn't sit right at the top of the Valley standings when the regular season comes to an end. I, I think they're definitely a playoff team but they may not be the automatic berth out of the league this year. Well, I saw South Dakota State, they opened with Minnesota, and I'm all over the Gophers this year, and I'm a little bit nervous for Thursday night that all that talk I've been doing in the last couple of months uh, could be all for naught. Hey, Gary, great to talk to you as always. Look forward to doing so periodically throughout the year. Um, before we know it, basketball season will be here. Enjoy your trip over to Jack Trice on Saturday. Thank you, Gary Rima. All right. Thanks, Ken. Thanks, TC. Great getting back on with you guys, and we'll we'll talk again soon. Yes, you will. We'll take care. Gary Rima, uh, the voice of the UNI Panthers. We will take a time out, come back and finish the hour. Blair Kirkhoff starts the 11 o'clock hour. Zubin Mahente is here as well. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 1460. Links to learn more about this offer. Get the whole family ready to step into that famous back-to-school feeling with Famous Footwear's Buy One, Get One Half Off sale. Going on now. 
That's one pair of checkered vans for him and half off Adidas for her. Fresh new Timberlands for her and half off new boots for you. Shop top brands that'll make your family feel like they're on top of the world. Famous footwear, because everyone deserves to feel a little famous. Buy one item, get a second item of equal or lesser value for half price. Some exclusions. Slash Iowa. Streaming live from coast to coast on iHeartRadio, this is 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. A few minutes before the hour of 11 o'clock, Blair Kirkhoff leads off the 11 o'clock hour. Zubin Mahente here as well. You know, I'm not complaining, but... Oh, um, you know, normally Thursday's got at least one or two can't miss games on the on the docket. Have you looked ahead to Thursday? I'm sure you have. Yes, yes, there it is. A couple of them already. There. So, so which which one do you moves your needle more? Because there's really not that. Wow, I can't wait for this one. Chip Kelly against Cincinnati. That's maybe the best, and that's the early game on ESPN, right? Six o'clock. Give Minnesota, South Dakota State. I will watch a lot of that football game for my. I gotta watch my Gophers. Oh, of course, your Gophers. You, you and. You're rowing the boat over there. Look at you. Yeah, I'm all in on him. Mr. Fleck. Yeah, I'm all in on him. Philip. They got some guys. Yes, Philip. Um, they just, the quarterback can't get hurt because if uh, Tanner Morgan gets clubbed, there's nothing behind him now that Annex Stead's out. But Georgia Tech Clemson, That's what's the oh. number on that game? How bad is Clemson going to beat them by? It's seven touchdowns. It's got to be. I mean, it's not seven touchdowns, but it's close. 36 and a half. It is it 36 and a half? Seriously? Yeah. I mean, think of Georgia Tech, though. They're going from the triple option, yeah. and now coming right. into the 21st century. Excellent point. <laughs> that's going to take a while. Mm-hmm. That is going to take a long and, while to um, do. And not only that, they were awful defensively on top of it last year. And here come the defending champs. Coming in. With the best quarterback to ever uh, fasten a chin strap in the history of the game. So, yeah, I got you there. Arizona State, Kent State. Yeah, no. It's not the best night. No, no, they, no, no. Utah, BYU. Yeah, yeah I'll yes, give you I that. forgot about that one. I'll give you that. Yeah, what do they call that? The Holy War? The Holy War, absolutely. That's a great football It is. Game. And I like Utah to win the Pac-12. So maybe it's a tad better than I thought. But We're going to come in on Friday morning and all of a sudden... Your Utes get beat by BYU. Oh, Your Gophers, Gophers go lose to the Jackrabbits. Oh, it's going to be a rough Friday for you. Yeah, indeed. But we'll um, be making our first picks of the year officially. I've got a five star play right out of the show. Oh, this is my one hundred star release of the year. <laughs> oh no! Look and out. I'm playing it early, Trent. I'm not holding out. Call one eight hundred Ken Miller for this. Now, pick. We, you and I, by the way, if you missed the end of the show yesterday, not you and I, Panthers, right? Trent and I. Um, I've been um, asked to do a Mediacom sports wagering show weekly. Yes. And that will begin not this week, but next week. Mm-hmm. We're going to tape it on Wednesday, and it's going to air Thursday, Friday, and Saturday on the Connections Channel, MC22. But we're – so at the very end, they're, they want us to do one pick, right? They're giving us a mythical bankroll. Is that how they Yeah, do? yeah. We can so, make a couple picks with it, but we'll have a bankroll. And so if you want to – a huge percentage of that bankroll, mm-hmm. you can. Well, I, mean, I would if we were on the air this week. You like this game that much? Can, I'm taking. Is the it elastic, a big game? Yes, I'm taking the elastic band off the bankroll. Wow! I'm firing. I'm, I'm going all in. I'm going all in. All in. Yep. Week one. Week one. Pushing your chips to the middle. I am. You have the lock. You haven't seen these teams play. No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> but this you know, is, that's a good point. I haven't seen these teams play. <laughs> but you know, 
You told me yesterday what this was, and, and you didn't get to, you didn't give me the oh I see what you're doing there good move I was on that one too I was kind of hoping that was the response I would get but you were kind of eh. eh. really yeah <laughs> you want to die on that hill that's the one you're going after well it's not an in state school no but, but it's too, it's too, it is a big game it is two power five schools it's Auburn and Oregon is is the game that that's I, a really good game it is a good game now sadly Trent sadly you and I aren't going to get to see it. Well, unless... I know, but you know what? It's uh, in the 1960s I used to have to mess with that anthem. The Rabbit Ears. 2019. Is that the night game? Yeah, 6.30 on ABC. 6.30 Now look, ABC. everybody, like, I'll be watch- like you will, you'll be watching Miami, <laughs> of Ohio against, uh, against the Hawks. But during the commercials or halftime, that yes. would certainly be the game that you would flip to, I would imagine. But you know what? That's not the case. Need to get that thing figured out. They do, they? Trent, and it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday, and I got a feeling that the Mets and the Cubs are going to show up there on CW at some point this right. week. And down the stretch, baseball, um, there's going to be a ton of games on 23. Figure it out. But you said it, and I think you're 100% right. The station is being sold. Yeah. Next Just, Star is is, is no, not going to be affiliated with Channel 5 here in Des Moines. What do they care? Get it pushed through. Let's go. I know, but you'd think, I, I think that that's probably has something to do with the... Uh, I don't know. They don't seem in a big hurry to get this they thing don't, settled, no. do they? All right, we're in a big hurry to get uh, out of this into the next hour because Blair Kirkhoff is a fantastic resource. He will join the program to lead off the eleven o'clock hour. Not throwing shade on Zubin Mahente because he is too. Uh, we've got a good hour coming up. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO.